From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A new cystoscopy procedure can help doctors identify bladder cancer cells, and here to tell us about it is Dr. Joseph Jacob. He's a urologist at Upstate with expertise in urologic oncology, and he takes care of many patients with bladder cancer. Thank you for being here, Dr. Jacob. Thank you for having me. Now, you're going to tell us about this blue light cystoscopy, but I feel like we need to understand a little about bladder cancer first, because this is really for patients with a certain type or stage of bladder cancer, right? Correct. Yeah, so there's many different types of bladder cancer. The most common is what we call superficial bladder cancer. That means it's not invading into the muscle of the bladder. And these are managed with looking into the bladder with a camera and scraping these tumors as they come back. The problem with these tumors is they tend to be not just in one spot of the bladder. uh, It's in multiple spots of the bladder, so multifocal. And they tend to recur. They tend to come back pretty frequently over the patient's life. So if you see one and have one and have it removed, you still have to be checked to make sure more don't come back? Yeah, unfortunately the odds are it's going to come back. Now, do bladder cancers originate in the, are we talking about bladder cancers that originate in the bladder or are these cancers that started somewhere else and and moved to the bladder? These are are pure bladder cancers. So they, they come from the lining of the bladder and they originate in that, that uh, lining of the bladder called the urothelium. And so most bladder cancers are urothelial? Correct. But yeah. there's, there's, there are some other kinds. But There's some the other kinds that are rare. Um, by far the majority are these uh, bladder cancers that start in the lining of the bladder, but there are definitely very rare things that we see that we manage. Now, when, when bladder cancer is discovered, uh, how do you, can you visualize and tell whether it's invasive or non-invasive or do you have to do some sort of a biopsy to determine that? It's a good question exactly so you you can't tell with the naked eye if this is invasive into the the muscle and all we're talking about is just microscopic invasion so what we do is we scrape the the tumor with our special instruments uh, that we do through a camera that we put in the bladder and we send it to pathology they look under the microscope and they tell us if this is invasive or not the reason why it's a big deal to find out if this is invasive, invasive excuse me, is that if it's invasive, it has a much higher chance of spreading outside the bladder. Okay. All right. And then that goes to whatever stage the cancer's in, right? Correct. Yeah. So if it's invasive, it's a higher stage and more chance that it could become metastatic or spread outside the bladder. So let's talk about the symptoms of bladder cancer. How would someone know that they have bladder cancer? Unfortunately, we don't have a lot of help in that area. And once people start having really bad symptoms, it's almost too late. Um, But uh, the the most common thing would be blood in the urine. And either you'll see it, either the patient will see it, where the urine looks pink or red-tinged, Uh, Or your primary care doctor will just check a urine and see that there's microscopic blood in the urine, and then they would send send the patient to someone like me that would explore. So blood in the urine is not normal? Nope, not at all. Okay. Now, and then there's no, like, pain associated? You wouldn't, there's no other early symptom, really? You know, sometimes people will have bladder symptoms, urinary frequency, urgency, and, um, Sometimes that'll be a sign of bladder cancer, but by far the most common thing would be blood in the urine. All right. So if someone is uh, referred to you um, because they're 
physician thinks, you know, or found blood in the urine, what are the sorts of things that you would do with that patient to determine whether it's cancer? We would do two things. So uh, the first thing is we would look in the bladder with a camera. It's called cystoscopy. And the reason is that the, li- the lining of the bladder uh, is on the inside of the bladder, and it's sort of like colonoscopy. You have to actually take a look on the inside of the bladder uh, with a camera. Uh, these tumors can be small and uh, subtle, and you wouldn't necessarily pick them up on a CT scan. Now, the second thing would be, uh, you know, the blood in the urine could be coming from anywhere along the urinary tract, from the kidneys to the, the drainage tubes of the kidneys, and so we would also get a CT, a special kind of CT scan that would look at the kidneys and the drainage system of the kidneys. The cystoscopy you mentioned, is that done in the office or is that done in an operating room? In the office, we would just take a... So it's a kind yeah. of an in and out when you come for your visit, okay. Yeah, not as, not as uh, horrible as it sounds, yeah. All right. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Upstate urologist Dr. Joseph Jacob about cystoscopy and bladder cancer. So tell us about blue light cystoscopy. How does, how does this work, and how is it different from plain cystoscopy? So this is a, a very exciting thing, and I'm excited to be here to talk about it with you guys. It is a new technology in bladder cancer that solves a, a pretty big problem that we've, that we've had for years. Uh, the biggest thing with this superficial type of bladder cancer is that it tends to be a field defect, which means whatever happened to certain cells in the bladder happened to all the cells in the bladder. So very commonly, you have one bladder cancer in one part of the bladder and you'll find little satellite lesions all around the bladder. The other problem is that these these tumors can be very grueling on the patient because they tend to come back and the patient over their lifetime can keep going back to the OR, keep getting uh, the scrapage procedure. So this blue light procedure, what it does is it picks up these cancers that we weren't picking up before. So the, there's a special medicine that gets placed in the bladder that's called CISFU, and that's the blue light. That's where the blue light name comes from. And the tumor cells preferentially take in this medicine, and we have a special kind of camera, and we turn on the light, the blue light, and uh, these tumors pop up. And the amazing thing is a lot of times you look at it with just normal white light, you don't see anything, and then all of a sudden you put the blue light on, and all, you see all these satellite lesions. So the CISVU is the medication um, that, is it injected into the bladder, or you take it by mouth? It's a uh, medicine that's put in the bladder through a catheter. Okay. And so the cells react to it in some way that makes them, you're able to see them in a different way. Exactly. Okay. So does this replace regular cystoscopy, or do you still need regular cystoscopy along with the blue light? Well, you, you, the blue light uh, camera has both, and so you need, you, know, you need to be able to look at the bladder with your you know, normal white light that we're all used to, but what you do is you just flip back and forth between the blue light and the white light, and you can really make a difference and pick up all these little cancers that we weren't picking up before. The reason why that's important is two reasons. You may pick up an aggressive cancer that was missed, and we know that if we miss these aggressive cancers, they can become invasive, which is what we're really trying to avoid. The other thing is we can pick up these cancers that we weren't catching and, and hopefully save the patient 
another trip to back to the OR for this scraping procedure. So it oh, cuts so you can down. take care of them right then. Exactly, right. So you can take care of more mm-hmm. lesions that we were missing before that would have made the patient come back sooner. And so they've actually done pretty good studies on this, and the, the, these, the results were that they're picking up more cancers and more aggressive cancers. So that's better for the life of the patient uh, from a cancer standpoint. And the other thing is that patients are, are not going back to the OR as much, so obviously better from, uh, f- from that perspective as well. Yeah, easier for the patient too. Exactly. So, so you're able during the cystoscopy procedure to then, if you, if things show up in the blue light, you can um, remove them right then. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now we talked about it's uh, urothelial um, carcinoma is by far um, the prevalent type of bladder cancer, but the other ones that are really rare, rare the squamous cell and the adenocarcinoma. Do those show up under the blue light as well? They do. That's a good question. So uh, the, the way the medicine works is uh, it, it gets um, taken up by these cancer cells because these cancer cells are needing more blood supply, abnormal amount of blood supply and nutrition. And all it does is this medicine just gets taken up by cells that are more active. And it's a pretty neat, uh, it's a pretty neat thing if you want to go on YouTube and just look it up. You turn on the light, and all of a sudden you see a big red spot. It's pretty obvious. It's hard for people to miss. So is the blue light cystoscopy, is that if someone came to you with suspected bladder cancer, is that the thing you would do first? Is that the type of cystoscopy you would do first? So we would, we would look at their bladder just with white light in the, in the, in the clinic uh, with a quick camera procedure. But if we were suspecting that there's an abnormality, then we would take them to the OR and do blue light and make sure that we, if we're going to do a procedure, a scraping procedure, that we're going to basically clean, clean the bladder and start from, you know, square one. Okay. Are there risks um, associated with this that patients need to be aware of? You know, not, not really. Uh, the medicine is pretty well tolerated. Uh, there's really not a lot of... Uh, long-term side effects except for if somebody has like a rare allergy to it um, but 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 it doesn't really add any risks to the to the patient uh, for doing this extra procedure and it ho- and adds a whole lot of benefit in my opinion uh, the only downside is that you do have to have a catheter right before the procedure to have this medicine put in that's the only difference that the patient would would notice okay and it's covered by health insurance it's covered by health insurance exactly uh, the, the you know what I'm really proud of is it's, it's not necessarily like a money maker, uh, it's just better care for patients and I was happy that Upstate invested in this and, and and they invested in it not because they knew that they were going to make money they actually knew that they would probably lose money on it but they wanted to provide you know the best care possible for our, our patients. So. And again, like we've talked, the the earlier you find the bladder cancer, the quicker you can have it treated and removed and and get on with your life, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about the treatments. Um, what sorts of treatments are there? Um, if you're able to remove it, is that all that has to be done? No, so it, it all depends on, on what, uh, what kind of bladder cancer you have. Is it aggressive? Is it non-aggressive? Is it invasive, non-invasive? Um, but, but in general, if we're doing the superficial bladder cancer, we do that scraping procedure with the camera. And pretty commonly, we'll put a chemotherapy inside the bladder that sits for about an hour or two after the procedure and gets removed after the, before the patient leaves the hospital. 
And that's been shown to decrease the chance that this, these tumors come back. So that would be step one. And then depending on the aggressive nature of the procedure, we have tons of, tons of things that we do in the clinic. We put some kinds of immunotherapies in the bladder, some types of chemotherapies in the bladder, and it would be like a course that the patient would get in our clinic. There's also, if that sort of thing fails, we have multiple clinical trials that we're, that we're involved in that we're offering patients to help save these bladders, especially patients that are really, you know, can't tolerate a removal of the bladder or really just can't, you know, come to grips with losing their bladder. Because if it's severe enough, it's invaded the muscle, you may have to remove the bladder. And Exactly. So the standard of care for invasive bladder cancer is removal of the bladder, and obviously that's what we're trying to avoid. All right. Well, now, do we know what causes bladder cancer? We, we think it's environmental, mainly. Uh, of course, all cancers have a little bit of a genetic uh, uh, you know, part to them. But the you know, most common thing that we see would be smoking. It's a toxin. Um, it gets filtered in the urine. It can cause damage to the cells. But other types of environmental uh, toxins like uh, dyes, paints, rubbers uh, that lots of people get exposed to. So this may be something you were exposed to in childhood or young adulthood or whatever, right? That's that's true, yeah. Now, did I read correctly that the average age at the time of diagnosis is like the 70s? Mm-hmm. So these are mostly older people that are affected by bladder cancer. It is more commonly seen older uh, in patients that are s- smokers and more commonly seen in men. Um, but, you know, that's just most common. Unfortunately, we see younger and younger patients and... Yeah. Why uh, Why does it disproportionately affect men? Good question. Uh, we Maybe men smoke more commonly. Uh, maybe they're exposed to more environmental uh, uh, toxins uh, through their work or jobs, but, but it may just be a, you know one of those things that men just got lucky with. It seems like if we aren't certain about the causes, then how do we know how to prevent it other than don't smoke? Are there other things people can do to prevent their chances of developing bladder cancer? You know, uh, there's been there's been some some research in that area. Uh, besides avoiding toxins, there's really been nothing that's so shown. Healthy, healthy like, living in general. I mean, I'm always a big fan of healthy living and 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 healthy diet and avoiding you know all the you know, toxins that we ingest and all the 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 weird stuff and the foods that we don't that we don't realize, but nothing solid from a research standpoint that I could say you know avoid this or don't do that. If you have bladder cancer in your family, if you had a a grandparent or a, an older parent who developed it. Does that is there a genetic link, or would would that put you at a higher risk necessarily? Not necessarily. Um, we always get suspicious. We always ask about the family history, uh, but bladder cancer, unlike some of these other cancers, hasn't really shown a big genetic. Um, it's been more related to uh, toxins and environmental exposures. All right. Well, that's good to know. Well, thank you so much for telling us about this blue light cystoscopy. It's exciting. My pleasure. Thank you. My guest has been Upstate Urologist Dr. Joseph Jacob. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.